faith, right? Seeing beyond or above what it looks like or what it feels like. And tonight, for a few minutes, I just want to share with you on the subject of faith. But can we pray first? Would you just lay your hands on your own heart? Pray for yourself tonight. Say, Jesus, help me receive, Lord God, this word. Let it sink into my life. Let it find good ground in me, the seed of your word. Let it produce fruit. Let it produce a harvest in us tonight, Lord God. Now stretch your hand toward me if you would. Pray for me, God. I ask you to help me tonight to speak this word as I should, Lord God, as you desire. And I thank you for what you're going to do in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Faith. Can we all say it? Faith. Come on, let's say it one more time. Faith. Because you know what? We're always expressing faith. You expressed faith when you came to church tonight. I've heard our senior pastor, Dr. Morocco, say many times, you express faith every day when you're driving down that road because you believe that a little double yellow line is going to keep you from another vehicle that's coming at you at 55, 60, 70 miles an hour. You have faith. That's faith. You have faith that you're going to go to your job tomorrow and you're going to work and at some point your boss is going to pay you. And it's faith because you don't see it yet. But yet you're putting in the hours. You express faith. Tonight when I leave here, I'm going to go to Anchorage and I'm going to express faith by climbing on a plane. Those enormous heavy planes way up in the air and fly for five, six hours tonight. That's faith that you're going to stay up in the air at the appropriate time and come down at the appropriate time. We all express faith every day. And I'm going to make a statement because this is really kind of the theme of the message tonight. It's this. We live life at our level of faith. We're all going to live our lives and make our choices and determine our actions at our level of faith. The house you're living in right now, you're living in it because you had faith that you could pay that rent. Or you had faith that you could pay for it or pay the mortgage every month. You believed you could. The job you have right now, you believed at some point that you could do that job. You went and applied for it or you went to school and studied for it because somewhere before the job existed and you were there, you believed that you could do it, right? The ministry you're involved in, the ministry you're doing right now, you believed God could use you and maybe you were scared and maybe you were uncertain, but ultimately somewhere in there, there had to be some faith level that said, I think God can use me to do that and so you did it. Really, the plans that we have for the future are all relative to where our faith is at. So listen, whatever we put action to in our lives, whatever we don't put action to in our lives, whatever we're doing or we're not doing, planning to do or not planning to do, it all relates to our level of faith. Galatians 5, 6 says, and this is, this is pretty rubber meets the road right here, the only thing that counts is faith expressing itself through love. That's a, pretty, that's a pretty bottom line statement. The only thing that counts 
is faith expressing itself through love. Hebrews eleven six. you're familiar with it. And without faith, it is impossible to please God. Because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. What it's saying is this, folks. Our life in Christ, our life as Christians, is really a walk of faith. It's really a life of faith. And we're all going to live it at some level of faith. In the Word of God, you see a lot of different people. Are you guys with me tonight? We're all here. We're all alive. Amen? The lights are bright. They are. It's all right. It's good. There's people all in the Word of God that lived life at different levels of faith. Think about it for a minute. Elijah showed some incredible faith. He said, we're going to have a showdown, prophets of Baal, on Mount Carmel. That's some faith. He said, we're going to have a showdown. You guys call down, you know, try to call down fire from heaven, and I'll call down fire from heaven, and whoever gets fire from heaven is the true God. I mean, that's some faith. He laid his life on the line right there. And fire came down from heaven. And he killed those prophets of Baal. I mean, he was operating in some what we would all call great faith. Can we say that together? Great faith. And yet, turn the page. The next chapter, Jezebel is so angry. She's the evil queen, right? She's so angry. She's going to kill him. And he runs for his life. He runs like, like a scared man. And he just had a big showdown. And suddenly, Elijah goes from great muscle-bound faith to little faith. Are you with me tonight? He wanted to die. I mean, how, how Elijah, this great prophet of God, responded at that moment within two chapters of each other was determined by his faith level. What about Abraham? Abraham, we talked about him and Sarah for just a moment this morning. I mean, God told Abraham, I want you to go. You know, you know when we feel like we got a call from God or something to do, usually we at least know where. This was like, go to the airport and get on a plane to somewhere. God told him, just go to a land that's not your own. So, so he just gets his whole family and just packs up and heads to somewhere. He doesn't even know where. I would say that's some great faith, don't you think? I mean, to pack it all up and start moving and you don't even know where you're going and I'm sure your wife thinks you're crazy. <laughs> and yet, a little bit later, as you read, there's famine in the land and Abraham, Abraham, Abraham gets kind of freaked out and he goes to Egypt and he sort of, you know, uh, uh, tells a half-truth and and kind of lies and, and says that Sarah's not his wife because suddenly he's not sure God's going to take care of him and his great faith now isn't such great faith and he's in Egypt and he's getting himself in trouble and he's done it more than once. Can I just say this? Sometimes it's easy to do the big thing, like go, and it's harder to do the stay thing. It's harder when there's famine. You obeyed and now there's famine and how do I operate now in faith? And you see Abraham do that. Sometimes that's the tougher thing. You see Peter, big faith, walking on the water, little faith. <laughs> Look at the wind and the waves. And he starts 
to sink. You see Peter, great faith. You're the Christ, the son of the living God. And then you see little faith denying Jesus at a fire to some girls and running away, going back to fishing. And then you see full faith, Peter, on the day of Pentecost, preaching full of the Holy Ghost, 3,000 saved. You see all of these great men of faith, sometimes great men of faith, are you with me tonight? Living life and making choices and actions at the level of where their faith is. Can I just say this? They all rose to a greater level of faith when they moved forward. Just stick with me here. When they stepped out fully, fully trusting God, because that's really what faith is. In the New Testament, the Greek word is interchangeable, it's pistis, it's interchangeable between trust and faith. It just means trust. We, we blow it up into some word that sounds, oh, so super spiritual, and really it's just trust. You believe God's going to catch you. You believe God's got your back. You believe it so much that you walk out when you don't even know where you're going. But their faith lowered when they responded in fear. Or they ran when they started stepping backwards instead of moving forwards. Can I say this? It's because what you do matters. Are you guys still with me tonight? What you do matters. Just catch hold of this for a minute. Why? Because faith isn't necessarily something you possess. It's something you express. I'm going to say it again. Faith isn't something you just possess and hold on to. It's something you express. I've heard Tommy Barnett, famous, great pastor, say it like this. You don't have faith. You do faith. James 2.18 says, now someone may argue some people have faith, others have good deeds. But I say, how can you show me your faith if you don't have good deeds? I will show you my faith by my good deeds. James is saying, hey, the proof's in the pudding. Anybody ever heard that saying before? It's evident by what I do. What, what is a deed? He said, by my deeds. A deed, if you look it up, the, the definition is an action performed. He's saying, you're going to see my faith by the action that I perform. Abraham showed his faith when he stepped out and moved. Peter uh, showed his faith when he stepped out on the water. Elijah at Mount Carmel, I think this is amazing. The Bible tells us before he had the real showdown and called down fire from heaven, it takes two words or three words to tell us that he stepped forward. Why is that important? Why do we need to know if Elijah stood in the same spot and called fire down from heaven or if he stepped forward? Because God's telling us something. It's the stepping forward in faith. It's the doing that is our faith. You know, a long time ago, Pastor Kirsten might remember these days. We lived up on the mountain, Haleakala in Maui, and we lived in a town called Makawao. And it was, uh, you know, you had to drive up this highway every single day. And at that time, we had this little white car, you know, like four-cylinder, that just couldn't get there. Whoa, I almost fell off. Guess so. It just couldn't get there. So here's my family. I didn't have, my daughter wasn't born yet. Uh, my two boys, 
Austin and Dylan are with us, and we're trying to get up that mountain every day, and repeatedly, over and over, my car would overheat, and we would be sitting on the side of the road, to the point that we started carrying, like, milk jugs of water in our car, because we knew it was going to happen, and there's me and my little family, great person of faith, haha, on the side of the road, <laughs> repeatedly. And so somebody felt really sorry for me. It was this lady who used to come in and volunteer, uh, volunteer to do secretarial work for me. She felt bad. So her and her husband gave us a car. And we were so super appreciative of it. And we were like, this is awesome. It was a little blue thing. And um, it was little too. And guess what? It did the same thing. You thought I had some great story. We were still on the side of the road, <laughs> repeatedly, often. And we went to a service on a Friday night, a special service, a special speaker, and we were sitting there in the service, and he was preaching on the power of the Holy Spirit. It was, it was a revival night. God was doing a work, and he was preaching, and I opened my Bible. I opened it to 2 Thessalonians. And I read this scripture, 111, it says, with this in mind, we constantly pray for you that our God may make you worthy of his calling and that by his power, he may bring to fruition your every desire for goodness and your every deed prompted by faith. And when I saw that in that service, it was like that scripture, it was like a rhema word. Those words right there dropped, uh, jumped out at me that he may bring to fruition or to sight your every desire for goodness and your every deed. Everybody say deed. Deed prompted by my faith. And when I saw that, it was like God spoke to me, go buy a new car. Now, I didn't think I had money to buy a new car. I didn't have faith to do that deed. But he gave that word to me that if I would do a deed for, you know, it, it was for goodness. It wasn't that I just, you know, wanted a new car. I needed to quit being on the side of the road with my kids. But he was telling me that if I would step out in faith and do that good deed, that he would bring it to fruition. And that he would provide. Man, it was so real to me. The next morning we got up. The next morning we drove to the car dealership. We took our neighbors with us. Who takes their neighbors? Pastor Brian and Pastor Kelly, they were our next door neighbors. They were our best friends. We're like, hey, we're going to go buy a new car. Come with us. They're like, yeah. So we go down there, and then the car salesman was from the church too. And so we see this beautiful van that was just right for our family, brand spanking new. Us, our whole family, and all of our neighbors, and their, their, our neighbor, and, you know, their kids, too. And the, we were crammed in that van for the test drive. <laughs> Who does that? It's true. <laughs> and so there we are cruising around, and we knew that was it. That was it. And that day... My wife and I, even though it wasn't presumption, it wasn't like we're just going to do something crazy. We knew God had spoken to us, and so we stepped out. We did the deed. We obeyed. We went to the dealer. We went like God showed us, and we went, and we bought it, and we weren't on the side of the road anymore.
folks, God doesn't want you on the side of the road stranded in life. I'm talking about in lots of different ways. He wants you moving forward. He wants you progressing in faith. He doesn't want you stuck. Are you hearing me today? And part of that is that we have to take that action, that faith action. We have to do that deed. It's faith. It's the faith we do that makes the difference, not the faith we talk about. It's not how much faith you have. It's how much faith you actually use. In fact, if you'll receive this, the amount of faith you have actually is the amount of faith you use. You know, Jesus kept saying, you of little faith. Who was he talking to all the time? The disciples. You know, something would happen, the storm on the sea, peace be still. He tells them they don't have any faith. You of little faith. The disciples, like, these guys are like 12 of the greatest Christians of all time. And yet, before that, he kept saying, you of little faith. And let me just say this. This gives us hope. That although we might not have that much faith, listen, if we'll use it, we get more. If we'll use it, we can become people of great faith. Now, this is important because faith operates like everything else. It's, it's, it's in the scripture. We talk about it a lot. If, if we'll give, we receive. Isn't that right? Right? You give, you get give and it will come back to you. It's the same with faith. If you give it, if you use it, God says, hey, that person is using the little bit of faith that I have given them in this certain area or arena. I can trust them. They're a good steward of what I've given them. Hey, I'll give them more. I'll increase their faith. Sometimes the reason we might get stuck at no faith or little faith or small faith is because we don't use the measure of faith he's given us. We're just hanging on to it. I can't do much. I don't, I don't have much trust in God. I don't have much belief. Did you know Romans 12 tells us to use the gifts he's given us according to the measure of faith he's given us? That means no matter what spiritual gift you have or gifting you have in your life, there is some measure of faith that God has given you. It's like the parable of the talents. You know, he gave the one guy this amount, the other guy this amount, the other guy this amount. He gave different amounts. But what was important was, did they use it? Did they put it to work? Or did they hide it and say, I don't have much? I remember, um, you know, I'm, I'm just telling stories tonight. Is that all right? You know, we were having prophetic conferences. You've had one for a lot of years, right? And, and your pastor is a prophet. Do you know that? Powerful gift of prophecy active in his life. In fact, I believe that's where he's at this weekend with Bob Rogers in Louisville, Kentucky, I believe, as a part of their prophetic conference. That's, that's awesome. I, you know, I have giftings in my life, but one of them was not prophecy, all right? You want to know why? I was scared. 
I could write songs, I could sing, I could lead worship, I could do this or that, had different gifts, write plays, do all this stuff, but prophecy wasn't something I necessarily felt comfortable doing. And I was in a prophetic room helping, I think it was Kim and DeWitt Jones, who now pastor our Dallas church. And, and I, was, I was with them in a call-out room, and suddenly something came on me, and God started showing me stuff, and I was like, whoa. Now, at that moment, I had a choice. God was letting something overflow that was a gifting they operated in. Are you with me tonight? Are you still with me? It, and, and I had to decide, am I going to step out and use that in proportion to the little faith I had? Or am I going to hold it back? And I had to make a decision, and it scared me. Not, not y'all. Y'all are just all great prophets, I'm sure. <laughs> but it scared me. But however, one day in that little room, I think DeWitt just sort of handed me the mic. And at that moment, I had to make that choice. And thank God, I tried. I stepped out in faith and used it in proportion to the little faith that I had. And that was a lot of years ago. And now it doesn't freak me out at all. And God has allowed me on some measure. Now, I don't consider myself a prophet, but all of us can operate in the gift of prophecy. Amen? In fact, we're told to desire the gifts like that. So there has to come a point where no matter what we feel or think, if God wants to use us and he's given us some kind of measure of faith that we step out. So it's important for me to ask you tonight, at what level do you see yourself? I'm not talking about how many cars you have or homes or your income, keeping up with the Joneses, although if that's something God speaks to you about, having homes, more cars, whatever, that's not bad as long as it doesn't consume you. But at what level? You know, Abraham... As I mentioned this morning, God took him outside and said, look, look at the stars. Everybody say, look. Look at the sand on the seashore. What was God doing? He was trying to give Abraham a faith vision, an idea. Look, look at what I'm going to give you. And Abraham saw it and he believed, but he also later saw famine. Man, Elijah could see the fire coming down. He knew it was going to happen for him. He knew he was going to win, or he never would have stepped up to the plate to do that. He never would have stepped forward. He saw it, and he saw it come to pass, but he also saw an evil woman trying to kill him. Peter saw himself walking. Jesus said, come out to me, and he's like, yeah, I'm coming, and he stepped out, and he's walking, but he also saw the wind and the waves. So what do you see? Where is your focus for your own life? You know, there was a young man that was a part of my ministry a long time ago. And I could really see him progressing and growing. And I could tell he was going to do some good things for God. God had a plan for him and a future for him. And he felt that in his heart too. But suddenly something come up. It was a wind. It was a wave. It was a famine. It was a situation with some people who were trying to pressure him and sort of manipulate him out of God's plan for his life. And he sat there crying to me. 
saying, I don't think I'm supposed to do this. I think I'm supposed to continue on my way with God. But he chose to succumb to the wind and the waves. He chose to choose and go toward the pressure from others that was coming toward him. Today, I don't even think he serves God anymore. If I can just be blunt, he lived life at his faith level. He made some choices at his faith level that determined his future and pray for him and it saddens me but where do you see yourself you see yourself as a strong man a powerful woman someone who can walk on water with Jesus are you focused on the wind and the waves you you see yourself an adventurous future with God like Abraham or do you see the immediacy of the famine that's happening what do you see yourself doing where do you see yourself in five years ten years because here's the truth you will live out what you see. You will live out what you believe because that is your faith vision. Whatever level it is, that is your faith vision. And you will make choices. You will make the faith action choices for whatever you believe tonight. What action will you choose? There's a young man in our, our church right now. He's about 25, 26 years old. And, and he's not a very big guy. I mean, he's about this tall. And, and he's been coming to our church for about three years. But he had a faith vision, I guess you could say. He saw himself as a strong guy. And so he starts working out. He saw himself as a power lifter, lifting a lot of weight. And so literally, this young man works out hours every day. For real. So he had the faith vision that he could become this, and then he had the faith action. He did the deed. He goes to the gym. You're never going to get to where God wants you if you don't go to the gym. If you don't pick up the weights. If you don't lift them. Do you understand what I'm saying? You understand the example I'm giving you tonight? You got to pick it up in faith. And so he goes to the gym. Man, I see pictures of him. You know, I follow him on Instagram. You know, he's just doing it. Man, he's working out. And you know what? Last month, that young man went to a national powerlifting competition, and he placed pretty high. His, that was his first one ever. But his faith vision mixed with his faith action brought about the answer to what he was believing for. And folks, that's what God wants to do in you and I. We will live at the level of your, our faith. Watch your faith level. What will it be? Would you bow your heads with me tonight? Minister Michael, would you come? God, you're so good to us. You're so merciful. You're so gracious. And Father God, we call upon you tonight and ask you, God, that we will be people of faith. People of faith vision and people of faith action. God, I see a people of this church right here that didn't just think we should see a new building on a corner. 
But they went and moved rocks and shoveled rocks and raked rocks and moved dirt and gave in the offering and gave in the daily seed and prayed and showed up to prayer meetings. They put the faith vision with the faith action. And today there is a structure, a steel structure going up that will bring glory to God in this state and this community. And I would say tonight, the Lord is pleased with you because you've not been a people who shrank back, but you've been a people who stepped forward under the leadership of your pastor, under the leadership of your senior pastor, your staff, the great men of God. You have not shrunk back. You have stepped forward as a corporate people. But what about as an individual? Where are you tonight? Where is your faith level? And what are you believing for? Hallelujah. God, I pray for each of us tonight that our faith will be strengthened not by just what we say or think, but it will be expressed in what we do. Hallelujah. Come on, just lift your hands and praise him tonight. Lift your hands and praise him. Praise the Lord. What a great word, amen. Give the Lord a hand clap of praise. Lord, increase our faith. It's our tradition to bless our guests when they come tonight. We're going to join with Pastor Chris's faith. Pastor Chris, I know we asked you this morning, but there's people here that didn't get to be in our service. You live in Branson? Why Branson? What's so significant about Branson? Well, a lot of years ago, we felt like God was leading us to Branson, Missouri. We were pastoring in Dallas, uh, pioneered the church there, Casey and Irving, and then we were traveling, doing productions. But Branson is a city of productions, and we just want to see that place. It's like, a, it's like the vacation meeting spot of middle America. And maybe seven, eight, not maybe, it's reality, seven or eight million people a year come to our little town of 10,000 to 30,000. And they come to, to, to fish, they come to camp, they come to do water sports, and they come to see shows. And so shows are a part of who I am and what I've done for years. And we're just believing God that God is going to allow us to see shows that impact impact lives the people who come to our city they leave they receive the gospel they get touched by the power of the holy spirit if i can share this pastor kirsten you know one of our prayers has been god when people come to the show it's called jesus the experience that's one of the shows we do when people come to it let them experience jesus for real not just a character on the stage and so when Jesus, the character, is healing people, why can't they just get healed by the real power of the Holy Spirit sitting in the audience? And so we've prayed for a long time, God, heal people. And you know what? This past Easter, we did a, you know, a weekend of shows, and we had a, a lady come to church. She came to the Saturday night show. She showed up Sunday morning, and she told the greeters at the door, I came to this show last night, and I was sitting right over there on this side. She goes, I got healed sitting in my seat. She didn't know anything about any of that. And that family has been in our church ever since. She got touched. So that's, you know, that's part of our vision. So your giving is, is going to help us see that vision fulfilled. Come on, let's join with his faith. They moved their family there. They rented a theater. They put on a few shows. And you're looking for 
to do four shows this next year, right? You've already, you've done four this year. Christmas time is their fourth show. Come on, let's join with their faith. Ushers, would you come up and down the aisle, grab an envelope or use your phone app to give toward the work in Branson. Whatever you give in this offering goes to the shows that are going to touch, touch America. People go there for, like he said, and family reunions and annual traditional trips and class reunions. Would it be that they encounter Jesus? Let's join with Pastor Chris and his faith. Amen. Love you, loves. Can you give towards that? Pull up our church app. Can we put that graphic up? If you don't have that, get that on your phone so that it helps you navigate that quickly. We're going to pray for Branson. Pray for the Davises. Amen. If you're writing a check, make it out to KC. We'll see that those funds go to our church in Branson. Just a few years ago, we had a group of ladies that worked together to make costumes and props. And they worked for hours and hours to help Pastor Chris get a show put on there. And we get to do the same thing today. It's just a different type of release of faith today. We're going to be a blessing financially to them. Uh, uh, ushers, would you come? Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, that we get to be participants in your intentions. Lord, you planted Pastor Chris and Pastor Melissa. Put a, you put a, a burden in their heart, a hope in their heart, a vision before them of those millions of people that come for a show that you want to show that represents you, that can experience you. God, we plant a seed today in this KC Branson. God, I pray for this upcoming Christmas season that there would be many, many testimonies just like he shared. People healed. People healed in their mind, healed in their body. People encountering you in a fresh way. Prodigal sons and daughters coming home because they came to a show in Branson, Missouri. Lord, touch our nation through Branson. Whole family reunions impacted. Do the amazing, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Give me faith to trust what you say. That you're good and your love is great.
you've never received Jesus as your Lord and Savior, right now is your moment. To put your faith in Him, as Pastor Chris expressed, just throw your trust onto Him. Your life, your future, what's going to happen, let Him be the Lord of your life. If you're watching online, now is your moment. Receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It's a simple expression of faith and believing in Him that He took your place and paid your price on the cross, died for your sin, my sin, rose from the dead. We can have eternal life through Him. If you believe that in your heart and express it with your mouth, with your daily life, the Bible declares you will be saved. Have you made that decision? Have you put your faith in Him? Do you need to express that faith once again? Maybe you've made some decisions that don't line up with that expression of faith. Maybe you want to recommit that, your life to Him. Right now is your moment. I'm going to take time to lead us in prayer tonight. If you're watching online right now or at a later time, would you pray with me? Would you pause whatever you're doing and take time to pray? Those of you that are here with us tonight, would you pray with me? Let's make an, ex an expression of faith, putting our faith in Jesus. Why don't you bow your head with me and close your eyes for just a moment. And would you say right out loud with me, Heavenly Father, I put my faith in you, in your Son Jesus, that He died on the cross, He took my place, He paid my price, He rose from the dead, giving me eternal life. I put my faith in Him. He's going to take me with Him to heaven to live forever. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Be my Savior. Be my Lord. I put all my hope in you. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for this moment to call on your name. Well, let me pray for you. Father, I thank you, God, for every person right now, some for the first time, some to make certain they received you as their Lord and Savior. Lord, we put all our hope in you. We're going to trust in you. We're going to let you be the Lord of our life. Would you lead us? Would you guide us? Holy Spirit, I pray a fresh touch of your power and your glory. Every person that prayed that prayer, those that are online, that joined with us and prayed. I pray, oh God, that you would meet them right now. And I thank you, God. Praise the Lord. Minister Ava, you have a team that's going to minister tonight. If you need a word from the Lord, we have prophetic teams on Sunday nights. They're going to prepare to minister to you. You can just come up and meet them. I'm going to ask Pastor Vince if he'd come dismiss us in a time of pray for us and dismiss us. But feel free to come. We've got a team that's been trained and qualified to speak the word of prophetic utterances over you, and they're going to pray for you. Pastor Vince. May the Lord bless you and keep you, cause his face to shine upon you, and be gracious to you, lift up his countenance upon you, and give you peace. In Jesus' name, amen.